Good afternoon, dragons, or good evening, or good morning, whenever you happen to be listening to this. Today's podcast is with a good friend of mine, Tony Jackson. I've known Tony for about 10 or 11 years now. We were friends in college. Tony's a really amazing individual. We sat down, we talked a little bit about video games, a little bit about what he does, and what he does is quite interesting. He works for Power Soccer Shop, which is a power soccer company, and Tony actually plays competitively on a power soccer team. Power Soccer uses uh, power wheelchairs and is, well, we talk about it a little bit on the podcast, so look forward to that. Tony was born with arthrogryposis, just for those who are faint of heart, at around the 13-minute mark, Tony shares a story that completely fools me. He does later admit that it was a complete fabrication, but it can be a little distressing. So skip from around the 13-minute mark to around the 15-minute mark. Other than that, here's Tony Jackson. Work out, nerd out. In the basement, rolling dice, rolling dice. I'm a wizard. When we play, we do it right. Candles flicker, fighting dragons in my mind, in my mind. Just for kicks. DM says you're gonna die. Roll a D6. Roll a D6. Roll a D6. No, so welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Just uh, so people can know, we're here with Tony Jackson of. Uh, power soccer shop what is is that the technical name of what you do that's not the technical name for what i do it's the technical name for where i work however what i do is a very very long and convoluted tale i do a lot of things over there like today i designed a retractable banner for the the main parent company Northern Engineering and Manufacturing, and they're going to this woodworking convention or of some sort in Atlanta, and they needed a new banner, a new retractable banner. So this thing is like eight foot by two and a half feet. Okay. Yeah, they needed it today, <laughs> so I spent the entire day doing it. Don't you love those last-minute rush yeah. things? Well, yeah, yeah. So they said, we need it done today. I said, I'll try to get it done today, and so I spent the entire day doing that. And then I spent the last 30 minutes of my day answering customer service emails, which is always awesome. Always. Oh, I'm sure. Sounds brilliant. Yeah. Reminds me of college. Yeah. No, it it does. I get paid like I'm in college, too. So (laughs) So, uh, recently you just got back from Brazil and Ireland. What took you to those places? Well, despite my... uh, my backhanded jab at my job. My job also has some pretty cool perks. Sometimes we travel and broadcast major international power soccer competitions. And so we went to Brazil to broadcast the very first international competition to take place in South America. That was a lot of fun. There was a lot of beverage going around at night and a lot of camaraderie and goodwill. Excellent. Then we just got back from Ireland on Monday to broadcast the first ever European Championship, which incidentally was a qualifier for the 2015 Power Soccer World Cup. 
So we were there broadcasting that, and that was a lot of fun too. Uh, drank more Guinness in six days than I had in about six years. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. For sure. Uh- yeah, and you know, the, the other great thing that, that I loved about Ireland is that it reminded me that Beamish Irish Stout exists, a, a beverage that I had really completely forgotten about for quite a while. So you're saying when I go there, I should try it? If you've never had Beamish, you should definitely have it. All right. I actually prefer it slightly more to Guinness. Okay. Now, true what they say, Guinness tastes better over there? It does. I think it does. And maybe it's just because I was so enchanted with the fact that I was surrounded by a bunch of Irish people in Ireland. The Guinness had a little bit more bite to it, if you will. Okay. Had a little bit more of the 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 nutty, toasty flavor that everybody loves when they drink Guinness. Sounds for me anyway. Sounds delicious. It was quite delish. Now, can you explain? I actually had an opportunity. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, no no no! Tell me what you had the opportunity to do. I had an opportunity to go to a local liquor store and buy some local beers. Yeah, what'd you get in Ireland? Yeah, the beans. I got a. Uh, well, no, I didn't buy any Beamish. You can get Beamish here in the States. I actually bought a beer from a brewery called Dungarvan. I bought a stout from them. O'Hara's is another brewery. I got a Celtic wheat, I think is what it was. What is a yeah. Celtic wheat? Tell me about a Celtic wheat. I have no wheat. idea. I have no idea, but I'm going to try it at some point soon. And then I bought a German beer that I had never heard of. So I bought a German beer in Ireland. Well, that makes sense. Of course. Let's go to Ireland and yeah. drink Irish beer. Yeah. Yeah, and then I bought a an Irish Red, which I actually had the other night, which was very good. What was the name of it? It was uh, Franciscan Wells uh, Rebel Red. Okay. This is all for my own it personal knowledge. I really don't care if anyone else gets anything out yeah. of this. This is just because I want to know what to drink when I'm over there. You should, you should, if you don't already, if you don't already, you should, you should friend me on Untapped if you don't already. Do you? I'm pretty sure we did. I'm pretty sure we did that at a Four Peaks party once. Oh, okay, maybe we did. Okay, yeah, perfect. You should you can find all the stuff there. All right, dude. Okay, back to the topic at hand, though. Tell me more about uh, power soccer. Number one, what is it? Because I've never played it before. I've never seen it played before. As discussed earlier, I'm not allowed to play it. Yeah, you're not really allowed to play it. But um, power soccer is a sport that was developed in the late '70s and early '80s in France. It was designed to give people in power wheelchairs an opportunity to play some kind of sport because up until then there really wasn't much of anything. And so in the early mid-90s, it made its way to North America, first in Canada and then down the west coast of the U.S. And from there it kind of spread all over the place. In 2006, the various organizations from around the world got together in Portugal and unified the rules of power soccer to create one set of rules for everybody. That was when the international organization was founded, as well as the U.S. Power Soccer Association. And since then, U.S. Power Soccer has grown to about 60 teams around the country. I currently play for a team here in Minnesota called the Minnesota Shockwave. Um, Power soccer has a lot of the same rules as the outdoor game. However, there is no offside and there are a couple other small modifications to make the game playable indoors. It's four aside on a basketball court, 
And obviously the object of the game is to score more goals than the opponent. Do you guys have a goalie or a keeper? There is a keeper. There are three attackers and a goalkeeper. But some teams will use that goalkeeper as a fourth attacker. Typically, a keeper will stay in his own goal area or her own goal area and uh, keep the other people out. Okay, okay. Played with the regulation size soccer ball? No, the soccer ball is actually one and a half times bigger than a regulation soccer ball. So it's 13 inches around. Okay. Um, it's considerably heavier than a regular soccer ball as well. And it's quite painful to get hit in the face with one. How would you get hit in the face with one? Well, sometimes what happens is you'll have two chairs going at it and a chair will will spin to strike the ball and the ball will go into the air and uh, yeah, you can get hit by it. Okay. How did you get in how did you get involved with power soccer? So, the story behind how I got into power soccer goes like this. I was living in Virginia at the time. It was 2007 and it happened to be my birthday that year. I went to RFK Stadium to watch the MLS Championship, and I happened to be sitting with a bunch of folks in power chairs. And the gentleman sitting next to me, a man by the name of Jerry Frick, asked me, he said, had you ever heard of power soccer? And I told him, yes, I had. Somebody had mentioned it to me a couple of years ago, but I really wasn't interested, and I had no desire to play because my vision of adaptive sports at that point was pretty much the special Olympics where everybody just kind of gets together and has a good time and goes home with metal and some ice cream. And I really didn't want anything to do with that because if I was going to play a sport, I wanted it to be competitive. And so he handed me a DVD and he said, check out this DVD. And if you like what you see, go find a team in your area. And so after three weeks of sitting on my desk, I decided to watch the DVD, and it happened to be a highlight video of the 2007 World Cup in Tokyo. And when I watched the video, I saw these people doing incredible things with their power chairs. And I said, you know, this is something that I should probably invest myself into. So uh, when I moved back to Arizona in 2008, I found a team, and I started playing in January 2009. And here I am today doing all kinds of awesome things and traveling the world all in the name of power soccer. That's awesome. I've, I've never seen a power soccer game. What sort of amazing things happen? Because I'm not going to lie, this is probably incredibly jaded of me, but like the power chairs that I see don't really go that fast. You said getting hit in the face with the ball. I don't really... See, I, I haven't made the connection in my brain of the power wheelchair and the soccer ball getting lift. Well, the ball tends to bounce. And so when we play power soccer, we play with these steel foot guards that wrap around the front of our chairs. And it's with these steel foot guards that we use to kick the ball. Okay. And so some people can get considerable power out of their chair. Now, Power Soccer Shop, my current employer, um, also builds the only chair built specifically for Power Soccer. And so the way it's designed and the way it performs 
is really geared towards towards the game. It's built low to the ground. It has a wide base. It's extremely agile and very powerful. So for me, Power Soccer, you know, it, it's the competitive outlet that I had always sought. You know, as a child, of course, I always watched sports. I still watch sports to this day. The somewhat health, unhealthy amount of sports <laughs> that I watch. But, but for me, Power Soccer is an opportunity to to let the competitive urge out a little bit. Yeah, of course. You and I have been friends for a long time. Like, what, 10 years? Has it been that long? Uh, Yeah, I, w- I would assume so. I've known... John Lynch was... about 11 years so I would say huh. you're probably we've known each other for about 10 years wow okay it's been that long wow yeah one thing I've never asked you is why are you in the wheelchair I know that I mean if yeah if you want my to... mother got into a fight back in 1976 and she was beat up pretty bad and punched in the stomach a couple times and uh, that's what happened okay no, that's actually a lie. No, oh my God. I was I was gonna be like, oh holy crap, oh my God. <laughs> no, I just, that was a totally fabricated story. You're such a dick. I know. Uh, <laughs> actually, arthrogryposis is a disability uh, that, for a long time, doctors had no idea what caused it, but now the current research says that they believe it is due to reduced movement in the womb okay and so the 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 joints and the ligaments and and the muscles don't don't have an opportunity to fully form properly and so arthrogryposis multiplex congenita is really a it's a joint disease to a certain extent Um, a lot of people with arthrogryposis have very limited mobility some people also are born with cognitive disabilities. Um, I recently attended a arthrogryposis support group convention here in Minneapolis, and it was really the first time that I had seen so many people with the same disability all gathered in the same place. And so it was interesting for me, being an adult, seeing such a wide range of people with a disability. Yeah. What was that like for you? It was a little bit... Mind blowing. I don't know. Well, I don't know if mind blowing is really the right word, right word but I don't want to say it was overwhelming because it, that's not really quite the right way to describe it. But it was. It was really. It was. It was really great because you know I saw kids who have arthrogryposis playing with other kids who have it, and growing up, you know, I didn't really have that, and, and a lot of the folks my age and older who have it also really didn't have any friends, if you will, that, that have it either. So it was really great to see that. Uh, and it was also interesting for me to see the wide range of the disability, Yeah, you know, with, 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 with disabilities such as, you know, like muscular dystrophy or, well, no, I shouldn't even say that. I guess really, all disabilities have have a really wide range, but I had never really seen so many people with arthrogryposis in the same place. Um, well, if I can, if I, I just just to say, like in the time that we've known each other, you've never 
seemed bitter about it, upset about it. You've always had like this great sense of humor about everything. And it's always been incredibly inspiring and just enlightening for me. So I just wanted to thank you for that. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. And just constantly, you were probably one of the most positive people <laughs> that I've ever met. And although you are bitingly sarcastic at times, which is one of the main reasons why I love you so much. Chicks love it too, by the way. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like when I asked you to email me all the stuff that uh, has to do with dumbbells and dragons and being a nerd and all that sort of stuff, the list of stuff that you gave me, it didn't seem like you ever really lacked for any sort of quote-unquote stereotypical normal childhood. Um, no, I mean, you know, I, I I did pretty much all the childhood stuff, you yeah. know, I mean, video games. I don't know how many kids played role-playing games, though. I have to say that uh, among my friends, I, I'm probably one of the few that, that did when I was a kid. Um, and I that even continued through at least my first year or two of college. But I stopped doing that, not because I didn't like it, but because... Other things got in the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you mentioned that you played a lot of D and D, and then you played this superhero-based game. Yeah, I, I had played the superhero-based uh, RPG, and I don't even remember the name of the game. It was based off of Marvel Comics, I believe. Um, I had played it at a camp in New Jersey when I was younger, and I created this character called Migraine. And his ability was the ability to give people headaches, debilitating headaches. <laughs> the, the, it is completely lame. I don't know, man. Have you ever heard people complain about getting their headaches? Like, no, I yeah, all the time. I, I mean, that was his power. He gave people debilitating headaches. Yeah, that could be possibly one of the best superhero powers of all time. Oh, I, you know what? I thought so. <laughs> it worked out. It did. It did. He was very good to me for a while. <laughs> I think we killed him off when I stopped playing, so. Aww. When were you playing that superhero-based game? Because I don't remember this ever coming out. And oh, being exposed no. To it. I was probably 13 when it came, oh, okay. when I played it, so. So, yeah. back in the day. So Yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite video game growing up as a kid? Oh, my goodness. The Atari 2600 was my very first video game system. Dude. And... I have to say, at the time, Frogger was probably my favorite game. <laughs> but I will say that one of my favorite games of all time, and it makes me so happy to see it back, is Killer Instinct. Yeah? When, yeah, Rare was the uh, video game maker. It was a, uh, a UK-based video game maker that released the game back in, like, 96 well, yeah. or something like that. Oh. And uh, I, loved, I loved Killer Instinct. It was an amazing game. Uh, we were in Indianapolis recently for a tournament, and I saw, I saw an Xbox set up at the mall with Killer Instinct, and it made me so happy because it looks awesome. Who was your favorite character? Oh man, my favorite Killer Instinct character was probably either TJ Combo, okay, or um, or Fulgore. Fulgore was definitely my my number one character. Okay. So I remember TJ Combo being the boxer guy. I remember right. my character was, I want to say, Glacius? Yeah, Glacius, the uh, Iceman. Yeah. 
Um, and, and then you had Cinder, which was his counterpart. Which was essentially the Sub-Zero Scorpion knockoff. Right, pretty much. And then you had Orchid, who was the girl with the weird boobs. Yes. Um, and then you had... Um, uh, so who's Fulgore? Fulgore is the robot that kind of looked like the knight. He had the little ponytail thing. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And he, then there was, like, Skell... There was a sp- no, there's Spinal. Spinal, which is pirate, the, yeah. the pirate skeleton. And then there was also... Um, Saber, the wolf. Yeah, yeah. Um... And then there was the Indian guy. I can't remember his name. Uh, so- Tomahawk or something Hawk. No, no. His name was something I, Hawk. Okay. I think. I don't know. I could be going Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat. Mm, neither. No. But Killer Instinct was a good game. Killer Instinct was probably my favorite game of the 90s and early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What were your thoughts on Clay Fighter? Because I loved Clay Fighter. You know what? I was a fan of Clay Fighter. I played it a few times. Yeah. Um, yeah. From I mean, for me, the fighting engine for Killer Instinct was what really won me over, and I was kind of spoiled. I mean, I mean, Street Fighter. Don't get me wrong. Wait, Killer Instinct was the first game to really, to really utilize the, the combination attacks. Yeah. That became famous yeah. later with Tekken and and later incarnations of Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Mortal, well, okay, let me take that back. Well, Mortal Kombat didn't really have the combinations at the beginning, though. Well, not in the beginning, but then later it was really yeah. known for like the endless combos that you could never break. And you're like, okay, now yeah. just let me sit here for 20 minutes while this guy kills me over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. No, Mortal Kombat was a great game, too. I remember, I actually remember when it first came out and all the trouble it caused. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I loved Mortal Kombat. I think every kid who played video games loved Mortal Kombat. I would agree. I would have to say my favorite iteration was Mortal Kombat 2. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. I was a Baraka fan. Yeah? Yep. I've always been a Sub-Zero fan. Well, I loved Scorpion just because I could always do his moves. Oh, yeah. Which was the yeah. same reason why I was always Ryu or Ken in Street Fighter 2. Because they're easy to deal. Yeah, I was never good at fighting games. Shut up. <laughs> why are you gonna be? Why are you gonna be a dick? No, it's okay. I was a big fan of Sagat in Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah. I was always I was a huge fan. He was probably my favorite. Okay. Him and and, and Bison. Well, everybody loves Bison. He was played by Raul Julia in the movies. Come on now. No. Yeah. True. Oh. <laughs> and on that note. Everyone has now stopped listening to this podcast because I mentioned the Street Fighter movie. (laughs) No, dude. So what else is going on in your life? Tell me more about what's going on. What have you been in a power wheelchair your entire life? I have been. Okay. I have been. Um, what was that like growing up? Um, bumpy. (laughs) Okay. That makes sense. I'm with you there. Yeah. Chairs back then didn't have suspension, so it was very bumpy. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. yeah. I was reading over your bio and stuff, and what was I? What was Jason and the Wheeled Warriors? What cartoon was that? Oh well, that was that was the cartoon. They had the the vehicles that had like plants. They were like half half plant, half machine thing. You should YouTube it. Okay. 
Yeah, you should YouTube it. Let's if I if I if I watch it now, I, I probably would say it's not very good. But well, yeah, that's pretty much the what happens with childhood stuff. We, yeah, we could sit down and watch seasons of Saved by the Bell, and we'd still say it wasn't pretty good. Yeah. Um, can I ask a kind of a dumb question? But I'm just really sure. curious about how did you play video games? Because I know, like, when you text, you usually use a pen to your phone, and then. I use my hands to play video games. It's kind of figured out a way to hold the controller and, and play. Okay. I, I don't want to sound like a dick. I just, this is my time to get to know you. And these are the things well, that I'm curious about. And if I ever say something that's just being totally ignorant and a dick, just please tell me. All right. So don't. Am I going to get a thank you basket after this? With like fruit and like choice meats and things like that and cheese am i gonna get that after this would you like one you know what that would that would make my day that would that would really make this feel like an official interview like if you go on oprah i'm sure the guests get some kind of thank you gift for coming on well or maybe they get paid an appearance fee i don't know (laughs) well um i can't pay you an appearance fee mostly because we haven't made a dime from this yet okay um or possibly ever (laughs) <laughs> but if you send me your address, I will be more than happy to send you a thank you gift. Oh, man. Oh, man. Now the pressure's on me. Well, if you don't send me your address, where am I going to send your basket full of meat? Oh, see. Yeah, <laughs> true. I mean, true. I mean, I can buy you one and then keep it at my house and then eat it. I, yeah. That's fine. Right. And then I could watch you eat it, and I could eat it vicariously through you. That's true. We can Skype that um, that eating session. I wouldn't mind yeah, that. Yeah, no, that sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> Number one, you and I have always bonded over beer. Mm-hmm. Let's talk beer. Okay. Is there good beer in Minnesota? Yeah, very good. Yeah? Take pride in it, actually. Because you brew it all yourself? Well, no. It's just that there's a lot of breweries around here, which I'm sure you've discovered in your weekend here unfortunately i discovered the breweries but i didn't get to go to them <clears throat> did you drink any uh summit or surly while you were here uh both i had oh. i want to say i had the summit ipa yeah summit epa possibly right? yeah and, okay. and then i had a couple by surly yeah but i would have to look on untapped and figure out what they okay. were Surly's like pretty much world famous, um, and I'm a big fan of them. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Surly. Why is that? Yeah, um, because their beers are really good. Um, yeah, and the people the people are who work for them are cool. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they have a brewery. Their main brewery is like 30 minutes south of where I live. Yeah, so it's in this little tiny little nondescript building. They're actually building a new $20 million facility. Oh, yeah? Complete kitchen and stuff. Yeah, because right now they don't have a kitchen, so they just have food trucks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And is it just the tasting room? Yeah, that's all it is. Okay. Yeah. What are you nerding out on right now? My goodness. What am I nerding out on right now? Yeah. Oh. I really lead a boring existence at the moment. I really do. Um, okay, first of all, I just want to point out for the record that you are reading amazing books by really smart people. You are traveling the world. You've been to France, Brazil, Ireland, 
you're going to, or you might be going to, you say Japan? Yeah, that's not guaranteed, though. Okay, so it's not guaranteed, but whatever. So you have all these amazing opportunities in front of you. You play a pretty freaking badass sport, and you say you live a boring life. I think you need to well, reevaluate. You, you need to reevaluate the definition of the word boring, my friend. Yeah, well, you know, I, there's some good things going on, but at the moment, there's really, I've got nothing going on at the moment. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to get ready for power soccer camp at the moment. So, to answer the question about what I'm nerding out on right now, I really, I really don't have that that much. I mean, right, you don't have to have a lot, man. But every little bit, yeah. I don't really have anything right now. I, I can't even finish this book. I I've been I've been seriously reading this book for about two months, even though I could probably knock it out in a week if I had actually sat down and read it. So I'm not gonna but, I'm not gonna lie. Part of me right now wants to just go through every hour of your day, finding some like how you occupy your day. Oh my goodness, it's so boring. I get up, I poop, I eat breakfast, <laughs> I go to work, I poop again. <laughs> And then I finish my day, and then I come home, and I poop again, and then I go to bed. <laughs> Maybe you need to adjust your diet. Roll a D6, roll a D6. As always, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Send me an email at ken at dumbbellsanddragons.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at dumbbellsanddragons. Connect with us on Twitter at dumbbellsdragon. Also, our theme song, Roll a D6 by Assorted Intricacies, can be found on iTunes, or you can listen to it on YouTube now.